0: Hello and welcome to episode number 19 of The Heart of Teaching. I'm Nathan Rivers, and today's story is entitled The Teacher and the Project. Be sure to follow The Heart of Teaching on Instagram. The link to do so is available in the episode description. Now, sit back, relax, and enjoy. This is Dave Verzycki with my producer Nathan Rivers and welcome to The Heart of Teaching. Have you ever had an idea for a lesson and you just think it's gonna be awesome and you've done all the research and you're ready to roll and you step in front of the kids and for whatever reason, it doesn't hit the mark and you come up short and there's like a real disconnect and for whatever reasons, the students just don't get it. And I'll tell you, I sure have, probably more times than I actually care to remember. But having said that every once in a while, there's there those times those moments they present themselves you hadn't planned for it and they instantly become the teachable moment and you realize that there's an opportunity an opportunity to teach the kids something and it's it's like spontaneity it's something that you realize will actually have an impact and you just go you just go with it and you know what sometimes it really works well this story is one of those moments and perhaps to be honest with you, it's one of the most important assignments I have ever given in my 37 years. And it was also one of the most successful projects I've ever given. So what was it? I was actually teaching a Planning 10 course, which was similar to a, a guidance course. It was a, more or less a counseling course. And I was talking about the marginalized to the students. I had talked about uh, substance abuse, and now I was talking about the problems regarding homelessness. And I, I challenged the kids. I talked to them about identifying the problems. But more importantly, what are some solutions? And the kids were drawing a blank. And uh, there was a total disconnect. And I'll be honest with you, I, I was frustrated. And I kept saying, well, work with me now. Come on, guys. And still, there was, there was nothing. It was like they were, they were drawing blanks. I was like, ah. So I actually put them in groups of three and four. And I said, I want you guys to troubleshoot. I want you to talk about some possible solutions. Really think about it. And I want you to fix what's broken. And once again, the kids just sort of stared blankly. And I'm not sure if they got it or or what was happening. And I actually said to them, I said, you know what? Don't be apathetic. And one of the kids said, well, what does that mean? And I said, it's like you don't care and and you don't want to get involved. And I remember one of the the boys under his breath said, yeah, whatever. And I I was just holding it together. And then one of the boys said, he goes, you know what, Mr. Ruzicki? He goes, like, we can't really fix anything. It's, it's just the way it is. And besides, we're only 15 and we can't make a difference. Well, I didn't lose it, but I got upset and I was upset with them, but I was also upset with myself. I thought I've been teaching them for a couple of weeks now. We've been talking about some of the problems. We've identified the problems and they're just not tuned in. And I thought, what, what did I do wrong? So all of a sudden I came up with this idea and I said, you know what? You guys got a project. And I threw out a number and I said, project's going to be worth about 50 marks. And you know what? You are going to make a difference. You're going to go out and you're going to work with the less fortunate. And you're going to work with the people that don't have the same privileges as you. And you're going to put your heads together and you're going to figure it out. And I don't really care what you do. You can work at a soup kitchen. You can hand out sandwiches on the street. You can work at a food bank. You can raise funds. I, I don't care. One of the kids said to me, he goes, well, what's the criteria? And I said, I don't know. I said, I haven't figured it out yet, but I'm going to. And I go home tonight. I said, I'm going to work it out and I'm going to give it to you next class. And one of the students asked, they go, well, what if we can't do it? I said, you can't do it? I said, I'll tell you what. You can't do it. You can't pass the course. I'll fail you. And if you like this course, awesome. Because you'll be taking it again next year. Then I took a a deep breath and I said, oh, and by the way, have a nice day. It must, it must have been my tone because no one said anything. They just sort of skulked out of the class when the bell went. And there was probably about 10 minutes left in class. So, uh, so I went home that night and I did figure it out. I actually didn't sleep very much because I kept thinking about this project and I want it to be a great one. And so I knew that the kids had four marks to complete it and uh, I did figure out the criteria and here's kind of how it rolled. So the students would actually do a self-evaluation which uh, was about the overall success of their project and uh, they would mark it from 1 to 10. They would have to do a presentation to the classmates and myself which would be probably about 5 to 10 minutes and the project would be based on communication, implementation, networking, team building, research and the overall success. Uh, the amount of hours they put in, and one of the most important things was the feedback from the community, reference letters, people that had contacted, perhaps myself or, or again written letters to the kids. So I wasn't quite sure what to expect from them, but I'll tell you within a couple of weeks I was absolutely shocked. It was amazing what they had done. I, uh, I started receiving phone calls from people within the community talking about projects that the kids were involved in and thanking me for having these kids complete some of these projects and to make sure that the students were aware of how much these people appreciated what they were doing. So these are some of the things that they got involved in. Once a week, several students worked at a soup kitchen. They cooked, they cleaned, they handed out foods, and they actually sat with the people, and they acted as if they were greeters. Some handed out socks and hats to street people downtown Vancouver's east side. Uh, Others made sandwiches along with their families. They actually went to, I think it was Cobb's Bakery. They would pick up all the breads that hadn't been uh, sold that day. They'd make sandwiches and bring them to the people on the streets. Several worked at a youth hostel, talking to some of the residents there, and uh, they cooked and they cleaned and did a variety of different tasks. Uh, a couple of boys adopted a community park, and they ended up cleaning up all the tagging at this park. And they'd clean it up, and then somebody would tag it again, and the boys would clean it up, and then it'd be tagged. And it was like a war between my students and these taggers. And the taggers actually got tired of having to go over what the boys had cleaned up, and they left them alone. The boys cleaned the park up on a regular basis and actually started planting flowers in it as well. So it, that, was, um, that was pretty amazing. A couple of the kids worked with a, a vet downtown and the vet was uh, helping the homeless people care for their pets. And the students volunteered to wash and clean the animals before the animals were treated. Several of the girls worked at a women's shelter and they, they babysat and they talked to the mothers of the children and, and uh, they played with the kids. And several others collected cosmetics and uh, women's clothing for some of the women that were waiting line at the uh, the soup kitchens. It was um, it was absolutely incredible what they had done. There were uh, there were special moments that I was able to witness because I was supervising many of the, the projects along with several of the other teachers. Um, I was there when a, the girls were hanging out the handing out the cosmetics and a woman stepped out of the line who had just received a a special bag and she walked over to a couple of the girls and she started to hug them. And the interesting thing was when she hugged them, it was was as if she was hugging her own children. And she began to weep and the girls began to cry and it was was pretty emotional. And the woman thanked them for making a difference. Uh, There was a day inside the soup kitchen when I saw an elderly man walk in and you could tell he was more troubled than, uh, than usual than many of the people are when they come in there. And he sat by himself in a corner, and without any direction, one of my boys went over to him and sat down and began to talk to him. And I, He must have talked to him for about half an hour, and uh, by the time he had finished, the elderly man got up, shook my student's hand, hugged him, and, and walked out. And my student had shown him the compassion the respect and the dignity that the elderly man was was due but when he was walking out our eyes met and he smiled and he said you know what today's a better day because of that young man and i felt good about what my student was able to do i was there when when the kids were feeding other children at a local elementary school and the, the children couldn't afford breakfast and my students smiled and they laughed with the kids they played with them and they brought them toys and treats and uh, they displayed the compassion, empathy, and support that were, uh, that were way above their, uh, their age. And it was, again, very, very moving. The, uh, the experience those kids had, the lessons they learned, I honestly believe changed their lives forever. And that's not to mention how much good they did and the impact they had on the people they helped. Their, their presentations that they did at the end of the, uh, at the, end of the unit, they were, they were pretty emotional. And there was actually a lot of tears, especially when they started discussing what they had accomplished and who they had supported and what they had learned. And those kids made me proud that, that I was their teacher. Well, the story doesn't end there, actually. It was, uh, it was probably about a month later. And all the projects had been marked. The kids did awesome. I think everyone got 100%. I'm, I'm quite serious. It was remarkable. So I was coming home one evening and I was uh, gassing my truck up. And at the uh, the next pump over, there was a gentleman that I recognized. And uh, he was a global reporter. And his name was Mike McCardle And he, he does human interest stories. So I leaned over the pump and I said, You're Mike McCardle And I said, Have I got a story for you? And he kind of smiled at me. And I'm sure he was curious about what. And I said, uh, no, I've got a story. i got a story about kids trying to save the world. So he, he took my name and he took my number. And he said he'd contact me if, you know, there was an opportunity for a story. And I wasn't expecting much. Well, the next morning at 6 o'clock, the phone rings. And it's Mike McCardle. And he asks me if he can get uh, all my kids together at noon because he's coming in with a camera crew and he wants to record their stories. Well, I rush off for school, get uh, all the okay from parents and the principal, and it was crazy. But anyways, we got all of that, and Mike McArdle showed up at, at noon. And he interviewed all the kids and he did an outstanding job of summarizing all their contributions. And, you know, after that story ran, I started getting all sorts of phone calls from from all over the province. I actually got a couple of phone calls from Ontario as well and it was from teachers wanting to know what the criteria was and what I needed to do to motivate the kids because they wanted to create and they wanted to implement a project similar to the ones mine had uh, completed. It was very cool. What was cool was that my kids had inspired other people. Well having said that I thought it's probably the best single project I've ever, uh, I've ever, you know, assigned. Well, again, the story's not over yet. So if you can believe this, about a year later, I was, uh, I was getting ready to uh, end the school year, and uh, I received a phone call. And it was from a friend of mine. And what she had is uh, she had a proposition for me. She was uh, a teacher at UBC, and uh, she had asked me if I would like to be a guest lecturer. And I said, sure, I mean, that, that'd be great. And I said, what was the topic you'd like me to lecture? And she talked about um, making a difference. She wanted to know about a, a community project where the kids had made all these contributions. And I said, sure. I said, you saw the the telecast from uh, Mike McArdle last year? And she said, no. She said, I want you to talk about the book. And I remember saying to her, I go, what are you talking about a book? She goes, the book, the the book that Mike McArdle wrote. And I said, I didn't know what she was talking about. And she went on and she said, your students are in a book that he wrote. He devoted an entire chapter to them and he talked about them. I wanted you to talk about that and the impact that it had on them, yourself, and the community. And sure enough, Mike McCardle had written a book. And one of the chapters was about the students, my kids, and what they had done. Now, the book is called The Expanded Riley Effect. And again, he devoted a whole chapter to it. If you're looking for a copy, you can probably contact me because my mom's got about 14 of them. But anyways, what I ended up doing is I lectured to these students at UBC. And what was very cool was the fact that I was in a position to try and motivate the future generation of education. I was able to talk about how important it was to try and ensure that the students that we work with are difference makers. And they can try and fix things that are broken. So I talked about what the students had learned. At the end of the uh, year, I actually assigned an essay. and What I wanted them to do, I wanted them to reflect on their experiences and I wanted them to talk about what they had learned as a result of this project, the assignment. And here's kind of a summary of what they had said. The, the, the common theme was they felt that uh, they were very fortunate. They were fortunate to have what they had and they were fortunate to have someone in their house who cared about them. And they were grateful for what they had. And they never really thought about it until this assignment or this project. And they reflected on how privileged they were. And again, they never really thought about that until they had worked with some of the people that were marginalized. They wrote about how each person on the street had a story and how grateful those people were for any support that they had or any act of kindness. They discussed the concept that all people, regardless of their position in life, need to be shown the respect, the dignity, and the compassion that they were entitled to. They also commented that they felt better about who they were because they tried to make a difference. They tried to fix things. And that although the project may not save the world, it was a start and doing something was better than doing nothing. And just about the whole class commented on the word apathy and how many of them didn't know what it meant prior to the lesson or prior to the project, but how the majority of them all said that they disliked the word. And that young man who originally said that a 15-year-old can't make a difference, and you remember he was actually the catalyst for, uh, for that project, for the assignment, he wrote that, um, that he was wrong and that anyone, including a 15-year-old, can do something to make the world a better place, to make a difference. All you have to do is try. You know, it it is kind of funny how that project just came to be, you know, just in seconds. And it was that comment from from that young man. Um, I guess, as I had mentioned earlier, it was just one of those uh, special teachable moments. Well, in conclusion, you really don't need to be a teacher with a class of students to make a difference. Anybody can do it. You can get a a classroom of students, you can get groups of people, families, you can have an individual. You just have to look, and you don't have to look very far. Care about what you see, and then go and do something about it. So, let me leave you with, with a question. Now, hopefully you've enjoyed this podcast. And the question is, is there something that you can do to make a difference? This is Dave Rzicki, With Nathan Rivers, this has been The Heart of Teaching. Thanks for listening. Please take care, be well, and peace.